0: All right. Welcome back. I know you guys love when I bring Danielle on the show. Always a surprising twist and turn of a conversation. Hey, Danielle. Hello. 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 We just had a a, a nice little pre-chat here talking about what we were going to talk about. And somehow we got on the, the conversation of our differences in beliefs around our exercise routine. Um, my belief system around exercise routine is simplicity, efficiency. I have a rower like in a spare bedroom, like a few feet from my bedroom, that I go pop on that thing in the morning, bada bing, bada boom, 20 minutes. I'm in and out, meditation, some prayer, it's done deal. Danielle, on the other hand, she prefers a full production. She mm-hmm. likes to get in her car. Drive to the gym. She's doing saunas. She's doing bikes. She's doing all the things. But, but I will give credit where credit is due because Danielle's production of a gym routine does produce some great business ideas.
1: Yeah, yeah. I hate working out at home. Like I don't understand why people want to do it. They don't want to leave their house. Mm-hmm. I mean, I have two gyms, so I pay for two gyms every mm-hmm. month. A regular gym. And then the sauna gym, where you go in these little boxes and watch these videos and and do ridiculous things in a 125 degree sauna, and it is the only way I function. And when I get in my car, and, you get know, the sauna, I have to like bring a mat, like it's a whole thing. And then I'm gross after, you know, obviously because you're like sweating. So yeah, I mean, I do enjoy production. It does get me out of the house, and that. I'm a I'm an extrovert and I like people and when I'm around them, then I think better. And when I'm not sitting in my single house with myself, I just love my house. I I enjoy my house, but I need to get out of it. So it is a production, but my I'm kind of a production. It's like my it's like my
0: personality. It's It's your thing. It's your thing. But you know, I, I just keep getting more and more signs that I should not leave my house. Like Here's the I, deal, okay? I have never heard. I have never heard now, a story. I story. told Amy, I was, so you guys know I'm in business with my best friend, Amy, of 20 years. And we were recording podcasts earlier this week. And I said, if I told you, you wouldn't believe me. Um, you can't make this stuff up. I literally had my carry-on luggage stolen off the plane on the way home from the advance event this weekend. Now, I believed in my heart of hearts inhumanity, Danielle. I truly believed I was going to get a phone call, an email, a text message. I went to sleep thinking to myself, Billy was like, it's stolen and it's gone. And I'm like, it, and secretly, I didn't say it out loud, but secretly I was like, "No, oh, I'm going to wake up and I'm going to have a text message from someone that's going to say, because it. it had a big old tag on it with my name and my phone number and my email. And I said, I'm going to wake up in the morning. I'm going to have a text message. We're getting it back. It was not stolen off the plane right in front of our faces. It absolutely was. Our luggage was stolen. I, I think that I'm meant to live and thrive in Florida and Maybe go places that I can drive.
1: Like never. Um, I told his Dave on that and he was like, that's not possible. And I was like, well, apparently it's because he travels like three times a month. He's fine. He's always on planes. He's like, that's insane. That's never happened. And I'm like, apparently it happens to Kelly. Kelly is the worst i have never known anyone like i said my husband travels three times you know two to three times a month i fly probably every month somewhere and um i have never heard the stories yet y'all she's talking about like someone took her bag from the like uh checked bag carousel like
0: it it was a carry on on no it was with us it was literally on the plane in the overhead compartment and it was taken it had a huge tag on it with my name phone number email and then On top of that, like talking about things that like are unheard of. So as you know, Danielle, I have travel issues. There's always something. And I need to probably do like some chakra clearing or like something. I don't know what it is because I actually love travel. Um, But so we get back and we land in West Palm Beach and Billy and I look at each other and we're like, yes, we're like, we made it home. We're so happy. It was Saturday night. We're like, we have all day Sunday to relax. This is going to be so amazing. And they come over the loudspeaker and they're like, sorry, folks, we're going to have to sit you on the plane for a while. We can't open the gate because there's lightning like six miles away. And every time there's a lightning strike, they have to start the clock over by six minutes. So don't you know, don't you know, an hour later. We're finally uh, allowed to get off the plane because the lightning storm is over and we ran out the clock enough times, I guess, that they uh, let us off the plane. So, yeah, I said to Billy, I'm like, I I just feel like maybe I'm meant to be in Florida for right now.
1: I would love to hear. Y'all need to message
0: Kelly on Instagram
1: because if you have a better travel story than that, I'd love to hear. I mean, there's Share so-
0: all your travel horrors with me, please. Yeah, you
1: you've missed
0: flights because of like car returns. The most So I gave myself two hours. I gave myself two hours from the time of the flight and I get to Phoenix and it's over an hour wait to go from where you drop off your car to the gate to, you know, to the actual airport. And I get there and they're like, sorry, you can't. We just closed boarding. I'm like, what? I'm like, I've been here for like over an hour. They're like, nope. Sorry.
1: Yeah, I am. Kelly Kelly has some stories. I'd love to hear if you all have any because I just have regular travel. Like my travel stories are like the plane was late for 30 minutes. Like so, I maybe think I've lost my so maybe
0: you're just meant to come to Florida and maybe I'm meant to stay in Florida. I mean, that might be the message here. I just have to say.
1: Yeah, I, I've lost. They've lost my bag. They lost my bag in Bangkok. And when we lived in Bangkok, we would have to like we would come home for the summer and we would fill our bags with like all this stuff from America because we just missed it. And we would literally have like our little clothes and then we just have like bags of stuff from America. And so it was like my one bag of clothes that they, which is, was like all of my clothes, but uh-huh. I did get it back. I mean, it was like two days later, so it wasn't like the biggest deal, but, um, that's,
0: I mean, that's kind of like normal, normal travel stuff happens. Mm-hmm. Flights, yeah. I mean, I don't I don't I don't know what the answer to that is. But like I said, I'm going to have to do some clearing around that because I actually love travel. That's the really crazy thing. Like I, I love traveling. So I need to kind of figure out what's up with that. But anyway. All right. What are we talking about here today?
1: We are going to talk about what we recently did with one of our companies oh. and how we increased recurring revenue by 67 percent. Uh, this this company was already at multiple six figures has a team and um, we increased it. Uh, we really wanted to focus on getting the recurring revenue to a certain point so that all the other additional sales kind of just added and into some of the goals that we have for other companies. And so uh, we did. We started it as a thirty day sprint. It ended up being about five weeks, and now we've actually extended it because we moved the goal. Uh, but we were able to do that. We grew the uh, recurring revenue by 67% um more than you know, most people do in a year. So we're gonna walk yeah. you through
0: Yeah. Okay. So yeah, I love I love breaking this stuff down. And so just to give context for anyone listening that that doesn't know like the bigger picture story. So Danielle was my right hand person growing the coaching company, grew that company to an eight-figure business. We split out four other companies. Danielle is the president of three of those companies and she has her own teams within those companies. Two of those companies run completely without me. So I'm not involved in the day-to-day. I'm not the face of the brand. I'm not the one marketing or selling in those businesses. So that context is important for the conversation so that you all can kind of put yourself in the shoes of the story and really understand how you can use what we're talking about to grow your business. And this is one of the things that I love the most about having businesses at different stages and different ages, because I think sometimes when you're running a really mature business that's been in business for a long time, you forget the basic fundamentals of what made you successful. And I think for a lot of entrepreneurs, that's why they then become unsuccessful because they stop doing the things that actually made them successful in the first place. One of the things that I love about always having businesses in startup mode is that you're constantly being brought back to the core fundamentals that are actually the heartbeat of what grows a business. So this particular company, as Danielle mentioned, it's one of the businesses that she runs within our global portfolio. And it's one of the businesses that is, it started the year as like a low multiple six-figure business. Our target for the year is to go into 2024, over a million dollar run rate, like meaning we're doing $83,000 plus plus in recurring revenue going into 2024. Now, based on on, 35% profit at a 35% profit margin, um, because it is a business that has a full team. So this is not like a, a membership business or like a, A a business that we can build without a team. It actually has like service delivery as an element in it. Okay. So I want to give all that context because what we're talking about here today, you guys can use for your companies and your businesses. And I also want you to know that this is not a company that has an advertising budget. This is not a company that has a big social media following. How many people do we have on our social media for this business? About
1: 3,000.
0: So maybe another five. And so this business has been built completely organically. That means not using any paid advertising. And we just took its own website and social medias live within the last, like, let's call it six to nine months. So just to give everybody context. Um, so what, Danielle, how this came about, I'll just give like a little backstory because I think this is very relevant for everyone listening to the show today because this is how you're going to accelerate growth in the second half of the year. How this came about is that, you know, Danielle and I have these three companies that she's running and we laid out what I feel is an exceptional plan for the year. Uh, But the way that we laid out the plan, we were like, okay, these are all the things that we need to do. And these are all the things that we need to move forward on. And we kind of laid them out like going across, right? Mm -hmm. And in the first six months of the year, we made progress on a lot of those areas. And we were seeing incremental growth in the businesses but everything was just moving very slowly, right? And this goes back again to Pareto principle. This goes back again to, are you going wide or are you going deep? And so about a month and a half ago, Danielle and I had a conversation and we just we were just brainstorming and we do a lot of just like back and forth, back and forth um, conversations. Um, and, and we were just brainstorming. And we're like, you know, things are moving really slow. We want to move faster. We feel like if this, Um, if we were to accomplish this, it would make this so much easier, da, 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 da. So we decided to change the strategy from wide across, treating all of the growth objectives equally to going really, really deep, focusing on ranking and prioritizing the order of the approach. And, you know, this, I want to like send off like warning bells for everyone right now, because I guarantee you're probably doing the same thing in your business right now. You have all these goals that you want to accomplish. You have all these things that are all important, right? And many times we put equal weight on multiple different things instead of taking it a step further to say, it's not that one thing is necessarily more important than the other thing, which is why we end up getting really diluted and wide. It's that we have to take it a step further to say, if all of these things are important, how can we rank and prioritize these things to look at how the accomplishment of one of these things can actually facilitate the accomplishment of the other things, so it's like you set the priorities and then you rank the priorities and then you decide which things are going to you know really go all in and which things are going to pause, which things are going to hold, which things are going to to push back. This is very difficult to do I'll be straightforward and say for me, especially like when i Danielle knows, she's laughing right now. Um, Danielle knows this This for me is like heartbreaking because it means pausing on things that are really important to you and pausing on things that are at the top of the list in terms of what you want to accomplish in the short term in order to set yourself up for higher success in the long term. And this is why people don't do it.
1: Mm-hmm. It's
0: so hard to do. So Danielle, I'll let you like comment, comment on that.
1: Yeah. Just, I mean, when you look at that, it's finding that one domino that knocks the other dominoes down. And, um, like Kelly mentioned, we had a strategy that did work. So it wasn't mm-hmm. that like stuff wasn't working. We couldn't figure yeah. out it was working, but what ended up happening, these are startups. These are not, yeah. you know, this is not the coaching i with 20 people who are, you know, VP level. And I mean, this is like, yeah in two of the companies, it's me and like a split of Nicole. So it's like half and half, right? So um, it it really ended up being the, the power of dilution, right? It wasn't that things were slow because the strategies didn't work. The strategies actually did. It was just that they were diluted because they, yeah. I guess, at best got a third of my time. But honestly, when you look at kind of what happened the first two quarters, it was like, everything got attention for like a little bit and then which means everything else didn't and then we had to like switch back and be like okay well now this gets it this is so it kind of ended up being like nothing got any full attention yeah in terms of you know focus and energy which we know when we looked back at like the coaching i mean that's what grew it so quickly like one offer one launch one goal for like a bajillion years really one message to market it was very very clear and all the team's energy went to that one thing and so um a strength of kelly and i is that we both are very like we just kind of like hustling get in there and figure it out so yeah, we kind of always like sort of pulled it off right like just a little bit but it would be with these little band-aid things because we can kind of like make something up make it happen and then move on and yeah. um and we realized you know we really haven't ever with this one company it's always gotten a little bit of my attention. Always a little bit. Like it was never just straggling off alone, but it never actually got a hundred percent focus, um, in any capacity, mm-hmm. right? Like at all. And so, it was the most established, right? It was the longest standing. It was the one that had the most systems in place. It had the most results, but it still didn't have any real driver in the driver's seat. It had like a part time. I was like kind of in the passenger seat. Yeah. I was in another car and it was, um, you know, we have a great team. So they made it work. They kind of kept it rolling, but it just couldn't grow at the rate we wanted it to. And so we just looked at everything else. And this actually, this is hard for me too, because um, for different reasons, like for you, it meant putting some things kind of on hold. For me, it was like, looking at my list of things that need to get done and realizing there's only so many hours in the day and this is my main priority. And so if I can only do X number of things a day, it has to be these things. And just kind of knowing there's like this backlog of stuff that like I'm not getting to, but it's okay because I'm working 100% on the goal.
0: So 100%. So we went through this process and again, I think it's very easy in business to oversimplify things like this. Like, There's probably people listening that are like, this is not revolutionary. This is not new. Yeah, mm-hmm. I get that. However, this is like the hardest part for you guys. And I know that because I am one of you, number one. <laughs> and number two, I've spent the last 11 years helping you with this. And it's, it's the power of focus, right? So what we did was we said, Okay. What is the thing that is gonna be our golden domino that's gonna knock down all these other things and make all these other things easier? And also, how can we approach our goals across these three companies in such a way that we're able to give uh, each business enough attention for a long enough time and focus on a set of objectives within that company for a long enough time that we will be able to create that big breakthrough that we want. We want all of these three new baby businesses to finish this year at a million dollar company. So the goal is to get these three companies, each two million dollar companies going into next year so that the recurring revenue starting off 2024 is at minimum of 83,000 a month, which I think we can do, um, but not with the approach that we had. So went through this simplification, reprioritized, put things on hold, said, okay, we're gonna give each company uh, this sprint, right? And within the sprint, we're not going to focus on all the things that need to happen in that company. That's the other thing. We're going to narrow it down even further to, okay, what's the one thing that's going to impact everything, right? And then we kind of looked at what are the priorities like surrounding that. And this was able to yield a 67% growth in recurring revenue. Um, and, and as Danielle said, we're targeting a 35% margin because this is a service-based business. We have a team of uh, six. five Five and me. So yeah, five and a half, we'll call it, Um, you know, so so 35% margin um, target of getting to the million dollar mark. um, And uh, based on doing this initial sprint, it looks like we will be able to not just um, finish the year at the 83,000. But I think, I mean, what would you say, Danielle, by the end of September, we'll be there? Yeah, I mean, my goal is by the end of the summer. But yeah, for sure. So I, mean, I would say, yeah. So you, I do. would say it took a goal that we were hoping to achieve by the end of 2023 and it cut five months off that process and doing it with a very controlled and strategic approach that is profitable. And I want to really emphasize that because it is one thing to grow revenue. Growing revenue does not matter if there's no profit. And that is not talked about enough. And that is one thing that like I am a psycho about. Danielle will tell you, I sit there, I have my whiteboard in front of me every single day. And I say to her every day, I'm like, we're not in business if we're not profitable. And if it's not a 35% margin, I don't even want to hear it. I don't want to talk about it. And, and that's hard. That's really hard because that is being efficient and effective with what you're doing. Anyone can drive revenue. But the ability to be efficient and effective with how you're managing that revenue to make sure that you are maintaining a profit margin, that's where the skill comes in. That's where Danielle's skill and acumen as a business leader and and as a president of the company comes in. She's not just driving revenue, but she's looking at the effectiveness of how that revenue is managed to get it and keep it profitable. And so I just want to emphasize that for everyone listening as well, because those are two different skill sets generating revenue is one skill set managing revenue effectively which is in this instance right it's the effectiveness of our client servicing our retention uh, our renewals uh, you know our ability to manage the the right number of accounts at the right price point um to be able to to drive the growth without um getting out of whack on the number of people that we have to hire and then we're upside down and the revenue doesn't matter so anyway Danielle, why don't you speak to what we really narrowed it down to and exactly what you did basically on a daily basis to drive that growth? And I think this is going to be really, really helpful for everyone. And then we'll talk a little bit. We were initially going to do a 30 day sprint and then we were blown away by the results. So we said, okay, let's, let's do another month. Let's yeah. So I think now where we landed, Danielle, is we're going to do probably overall a 90 day sprint, right? Yeah. Because we think we think at the end of 90 days, we can probably get to the million dollar mark. And then what we'll do is we'll let that ride for a little bit because that momentum is going to keep producing results. And then we'll do a sprint in company number two. And then we'll do a sprint in company number three. So, Danielle, can you speak a little bit to exactly what you have focused on in this sprint?
1: Yeah. So like I said, we had had stuff that was already working. It was just very slowly working. And yeah. so this is... Y'all are going to just laugh because it's so unsophisticated and so unimpressive. There was no funnel. There was no um, massive strategy. Um, it was... I, I really, truly uh, doubled down on content surrounding this topic, which sounds really simple. But... Um, what we had done, because I was working with the multiple companies and really Kelly, we, we really use Kelly's brand for one of the companies because it's it's her personal brand. And that's kind of what's going to drive that, right? And then mine and hers for the other two. And we just kind of kept cycling through all the content. So we always have created content every day. This is not new. This was not a new strategy. I, it wasn't. I wasn't doing anything revolutionary, but we haven't really driven the content based on this particular goal for this company we hadn't um i had not used my content to meet people at the different stages of awareness so where you know they understand they have a problem that we can solve where they're looking for solutions and we have one there are a lot of people even in our own circles like even in our client base who didn't know uh, about the offers and how they could work with us and so the the first step was concentrating all of the content on my social media on this specific topic. I also shifted the content strategy on the company's content. Uh, so we were actually getting a, a decent amount of inbound requests from our organic social media on the company page. So obviously, we always talk about a personal brand in the company brand. The company brand actually always got inbound requests, which means people were coming to us because they saw something on social. They were reaching out and saying, how can I work with you? What was happening though, was that we were getting a lot of people who couldn't afford our services. And so I really shifted into a totally different um, level in terms of the content I was creating on that uh, company's platforms. And it continued to bring an in inbound, but it continued to bring an in inbound for people who knew exactly what we we're doing and how. And so I don't want to oversimplify this because people, number one, hate this. They don't want to hear that they have to create content. And number two, they think just because you're putting something up, it's gonna work. And what this, you know, third it was, I don't know, maybe 40 days showed me was that when you really understand the target that you're creating content for and you effectively create in volume and quality people always say quality over content and i think that's crap like create yeah. quality content in volume yes and you will be amazed at the results you got so it meant tweaking the messaging on the company accounts and focusing mine on uh this this specific company and the services that we offer there so that was step number one kelly you're going to say something
0: yeah, no, I just wanted to pull out a piece of what you just said that was really important because we the shift that you made, Danielle, was very, very important for people to understand. You shifted from us being consistent in creating, delivering content every day to going really high, super intent on clarifying who it was for, and leading them down a path and really measuring the impact and effectiveness of that. and I think that's a very different gear for people to switch into. and I think what happens with entrepreneurs and businesses is we go through these cycles and seasons where like we for many businesses, they get to a point where they're checking the box with content. And again, because the message out there is like, just be consistent, just post every day, like be frequent, like you know, just be in people's faces there's there's two there's two big categories of people that i see out there and and both don't work one is they're selling 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 and there's absolutely no value to what they're doing so they just look ridiculous like no one is going to buy anything ever from you and then the other is it's just this abundance of content but there's no directionality there's no path there's no intent it's not clear it's not leading me anywhere It's not taking me on a journey and a pathway. And I think for us, we were already putting out really high quality content consistently, but I think you shifted into this like really high intent um, method and focus where you were just applying a little bit more, I'm going to say, of your brain power to it. And I think everybody's capable of doing this. I think it's asking yourself, like, are you in maintenance mode with your content? Are you in high intent Mode with your content, and that that is a core distinction that I think is really important in in what you're walking everyone through here, Danielle. Yeah, and I think
1: that's why I don't want to oversimplify what I did. There was a legitimate strategy employed with the content that focused on the specific goal we were working towards. And yeah, I mean, I would say if you looked at the content before, everyone would say it was good content. Like, oh my are phoning it in. But I did, you're right. There was not intentionality behind the focus and strategy because my brain was split. And so when I, and this is, like I said, the part that was hard for me when I stopped worrying about the other 25 million things I had to get done and said, this is my thing. This is the thing I have to focus on. Yeah. Switch my brain into a point where it could think like that. And I could focus on that. And so that was really important. But I don't want to. So here's what I will say: I we probably more than tripled our inbound requests, and what that means is that I'm not going and saying we do this. It's people coming and saying, to us, more about your offers." And this is on my personal accounts. This is on our company accounts. So this was across the board. We saw a massive influx in people requesting. So that was number one. Number two, I went old school, and Whipped out my like you know 2010 blogger days and um we started yep. news and everyone yep. was like no one reads an email emails suck and it was like well you have not read my emails <laughs> <laughs> so, <laughs> like, so I doing this. I love and, that um I started a newsletter um for this one company and then we actually started one for Kelly's and we'll put the links in the show notes everybody yes. should get they're yes. so good um they're so Kelly's good. Yeah, Kelly's is more business and high performance. Mine is more uh, marketing and specifics in terms of content strategy and things like that. So um, we basically would get people on the list by it's so low maintenance, y'all. I just can't even tell you how shocked you would be at how simple this was. We would just post like tomorrow, I'm sending out an email for free where I'm breaking down the three ways to write a hook that people keep reading or something like that. And then we just link people comment and put the link. Started building lists that way. And then what we did with that was I would build these really high value emails. I mean, this would be like a mega blog post all in your email. It's yeah. with examples and, and all the things. And at the bottom, we would offer the services that this company provided. And so it would just say, you know, hey, if you want XYZ, yeah. here it I would put the pricing, where what the price was. So nobody was booking a call and, and getting blindsided. Yeah. Sight- and we book calls from that every single week. And so um and, and for Kelly's we use it for a little bit different. It was for workshops and things like that. But same idea. We we created a lot of value in these newsletters, offered them for free in no fancy shiny way by literally just posting in a couple places, uh, t- you know, putting them in in comments and some of our social media posts and um we would get calls booked every week. Yeah. By putting kind of this little addendum at the bottom, like, hey, if you want support in these that yeah. got calls booked consistently and is something that we're still doing. So that was number two. Number three is I went and did some outbound messaging, which I know is like, oh my gosh, I can't cold yeah. message or email. But at the end of the day, this is how like every company on the planet runs, yeah. literally how every company on the planet runs. And so yeah. um I started sending cold emails with. Uh, a pitch to either offer a free assessment, or in some cases, I literally just put the assessment in that first email and said, we'd love to work with you. Uh, Same on uh, LinkedIn with our messages, we would send that to people. So we ended up booking calls outbound as well from people who were interested. So uh, I really focused on a... on two levels the inbound i wanted more people coming to me saying i want to work with you because obviously that's a warmer lead it's an easier close outbound i know that i needed to get more people in the ecosystem now the outbound the expectation is not that they'll close as quickly as someone who's inbound and searching uh but i do know that i'm bringing them into the ecosystem and so in the next couple of months when they are looking for it they stay in the pipeline and they continue to grow so that was number three. And then number four, we started some longer term goals and with our SEO um, and building up the, the content on the website. So that was sort of our approach. And that's really all I did for 30 days. Yeah. Take calls. Um, I will say there was one other thing that uh, did help. We were very... I, was, I have an, a manager in this company and we have a team in this company. And so uh, we were very clear about client res- results and referrals. And so we've actually booked several calls mm-hmm. um, internally based on that from girls mm-hmm. and, um, and and just getting our clients better results. Now, that wasn't something I directly managed. That was something not the manager in this yeah. company managed, but it also helped to support the growth.
0: So. Yeah, yeah, for sure. So um, I think it's just important to break this stuff down for you guys because um so many people are so confused and overwhelmed right now. And uh, they're, they're just getting uh, to the point where they're just like kind of spinning in circles, not knowing what to do or, or how to get their businesses growing again. And listen, like everyone took a hit in 2022. I don't know a single person that didn't take a hit. And the first half of 2023 was hard, right? And there was just so much, um, you know, shakiness and craziness out there that like people didn't know what to expect. Um, people are buying. I I don't know what else to say. People are buying. And if they're not buying from you, you have to figure out how to simplify your focus because people are buying. And we're learning just like you're learning. We're not perfect. We just walked through how we realized we were going too wide and we needed to instead go deep. And right, we're learning, 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 testing, 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 testing. Um, We've had our fair share of failures and setbacks and things that have gone bust and, you know, all, all the things, right? So um, we're certainly not immune to it. And, and we've, we've gone through the same things you're going through and we're going through the same things you're going through. But when we find something that works, it's our job to come out here and scream it from the rooftops and be like, hey, listen, like this is what's up. And this business has a zero advertising budget. I want to say that again, 3,000 followers on social media, zero advertising budget, not using my name, not using my face, not using my brand at all my brand is my personal brand is being broken out we're we're building a totally separate personal brand for me right now and that's that's one of the the parts of what we're doing um you can do this you can do this so a couple questions that you can ask yourself right now is what is the one thing that if you accomplish that one thing it would put you in a position to accomplish everything else great question another question is what are all the things that are extraneous, that are diluting your focus, that are not absolutely positively essential to the heartbeat of your business right now, that need to be pushed back or put on hold or tabled just for a moment so that you can focus. And number three, what are the things that you're still refusing to do that you know are essential, that you're gonna kill yourself working so hard trying to avoid those things, but if you just did the things, you would start to see that growth. And if you answer those three questions and you're brutally honest with yourself, you are going to unlock the key to growth. You are going to unlock how you're going to make that million dollar breakthrough. It's not hard. It's hard to discipline yourself. The work is not hard. It's the discipline that is unbelievably difficult. And that's why having an accountability partner is so good. And Danielle and I do treat each other like accountability partners. She calls me out. I call her out. She'll be like, am I, you know, doing, you know, blah, blah, blah. I'm like, no. And then, you know, I'll be like, what about this? And she'll be like, no, like, you know, like you have to have that person um, that that can help you to stay focused and be accountable and have that discipline. But you can do this. We can all do this, right? Um, And and don't be afraid when you make a plan um, to be open to achieving it. And, you know, I love that Tony Robbins quote where he says, stay fixed on the goal, but flexible in how you're going to get there. And I think that's one of the things that we struggle with is we think that if we're going to change our plan or we're going to rearrange the pieces or we're going to have to say no to something in the short term um, that we're letting ourselves down or that we're failing or that we're, you know, not doing the things that we want to do. And it's not that it's just understanding how much of your brain power needs to be dedicated at any given time to the things at hand to get to where you want to be.
1: Yeah. And I would add it is the hardest part is not doing the things saying so just one of the things it's not doing the other things yeah for sure That yeah. was for hard. Sure. especially for kelly and i were very ideas people i mean i called her she's yeah. calling. me you're gonna hate me i have an idea and we should do yeah. it and well and we'll say like that is a good idea but not now Let's yeah. do another time like yeah. that works but we can't detract from the one goal so it's usually yeah. The harder part is not doing the things. It's saying no to the things that you want to do that maybe seem more exciting. And this um, ability to mentally focus is probably the greatest gift you'll give yourself. 100%. You take the mental load of the 8 trillion things off. And, and you know, we're very honest, like other things for the other companies have to happen. It's not like oh, 100%. 100% of my time can be spent don't on- don't like,
0: live in a vacuum.
1: Right, like other things have to get done. It's not like you just put everything on the side but you you do have to res- reserve your mental energy for the things that will actually move the needle and and that's going to be different for everybody maybe you've got internal problems that you need to fix that are going to help you grow right so there are different things that are going on that you're going to need to assess the situation and figure out but it's actually surprisingly simple and what our nature what I realized like especially me like our nature is we're always looking for the next thing because we think it's going to be better and easier and very often, we switch directions because we're bored, yep. not because it actually isn't working. Or we switch directions or things aren't working. And I put that in quotes for those who are listening. Um, we switch things that are not working because we're actually not implementing them. We're not implementing them consistently. We're not implementing them in a way that's effective. And if we made that small tweak, like I said, if you looked at our content before, you would have been like, oh, this is better than most people's. And it was. But it was not intentionally designed for a specific goal. It was just designed to be content that was put up and fill fill a space, right? And hopefully, it would get some results. And it got some, but they were inconsistent, and they were not trustworthy, and they weren't bringing in the best people. And so when we made a 1% shift there, just 1%, it dramatically increased the effectiveness. So I didn't need something new and shiny and amazing. I didn't need to build out a whole new funnel try a whole new system. And it's funny because if y'all could look at my day, day I'm, I'm the girl who clicks on all that stuff. I will have you tell me something's going to happen in 30 days and it's the magical thing that's going to solve it. I will click on it and I will watch it. <laughs> I will be like, mm, I don't know about that. But it was like bringing myself back to like, actually this is working. I don't need something new or I don't need something shiny yeah. something more fun. This is working. I just need to do this more. And I need to do this better because yeah. the, when you focus on something and you have the mental space in your life to do that, you can optimize. You can become expert level at it. If you give yourself the time, you can't become an expert at it. You can't maximize your effectiveness if you're just a little bit dipping your toes in and dabbling. And so it's really, really important that you become exceptional at saying no to all the shiny things. because. Yeah a real needle mover. And, and you know, you're going to have to, like I said, you're going to deal with stuff that's not on the, ma- the big list, right? Like that just happens, you know, you got to still pay payroll and do the big stuff. I mean, there's things that, yes. happen, right, that are not going to be that.
0: For that- sure. But I, I also think like as leaders, um, many times you choose to work on things that you say have to be done in order to do the thing instead of just doing the thing. And this is, if you are a leader or if you are a CEO or you are a president of a company and you're the person that's still spending all this time and all this energy saying, I need to build all these other things. I need to do all these other things in order to do the thing. You're telling yourself a story and you're going to fail and you're going to struggle because while you're over here saying that you have to build this thing in order to do this thing, you're not doing the thing. You're yeah. not doing the thing. And and being brutally honest and saying like, You're not picking up the phone. You're not sending the message. You're not doing the high intent content. You're not engaging online. You're not moving people down a path. You're not directly getting involved in driving dollars, right? And so I just, I have to say that because I think so many people get caught up in, I just need to build this in order to do this. And that's a lie. It's a lie that we tell ourselves because we would rather build this than do what needs to get done. And until you're ready, until you are ready to be brutally honest with yourself and ready to do the thing, you're going to keep struggling because you're not actually doing the thing. You're telling yourself that you are and you're not. And I think that's actually
1: a, a great gift of really looking at your profitability, not just your sales, yeah. because it really forces you to get rid of the ancillary things that don't matter in terms of your, your p and and to make your team and your service as efficient as possible. Um, because you know, things expand to what we give them, right? And so if you say, all right, well, I'm making a million dollars, but my I'm not really tracking my expenses or you know, I'm not really looking at my profitability, you're gonna spend a million dollars. So you're making a million, but you're spending a million, and it really doesn't matter. You might as well yeah. just go get a $10 an hour job. So at the end of the day, it forces you to simplify and become really really efficient and so when you look at your growth it's that looking at that profit margin requires you to look at the effectiveness of everything you're doing it also requires you to look at if i only have this much time in my life i have to spend it on the thing that has the biggest impact and so at the end of the day, there's a lot of things you can do. I mean, there were a million ways I could have done this. This was not anything magical. There was Mm. a lot of different methods. I always say most of the strategies work to some capacity. Most people just don't execute well enough to make anything work. And so there was a million ways to do this. This was a way that I was good at. This was a way I already felt like I could easily step into. This is the way we had started seeing results in that inconsistent way. And so simplifying and becoming more efficient is going to help you accelerate so much more quickly um and i feel like that's kind of a gift of being back in like startup whereas you know like when we were when i was in the coaching company, you know it was a much bigger budget there was a much bigger team like you could it's really interesting like i could be like okay we'll go do this we had a designer and a writer and all these things and now i'm like i gotta do all those things (laughs) whatever we're doing it's gonna be simple it's gonna be it's gonna be music and it's like this gift of, um, you know, you know what? It really doesn't require as much as we think it requires yeah. to get the results that we want. You remember yeah. quickly when you're back in that. So I like yeah. that. For kind sure. Of for sure.
0: Business. Yeah. yeah. So just a couple of things I want to share as we wrap up here today. Number one, if you're not familiar with the Conviction Marketing Agency, we are a boutique, high-end, power brand, boutique, consulting, and design firm for Clients that are building personal brands that want to be category leaders, okay? We do done for you social media, branding, brand consulting, podcasting. So if you listen to this show today and you realize that is a severe weakness of your company and it's something that you are willing to invest in and also put some brain power behind because even when you have someone doing it for you, you have to be willing to be invested in the process. Otherwise, they can't support you, right? But the Conviction Marketing Agency is really a standout that's doing things very opposite of the uh, boutique agency industry or the agency industry in general. Uh, And so if you are looking for support in that area, uh, we'll put the link in the show notes to book a call. Um, Again, this is for people that are taking really seriously um, the impact and the quality and intent of what they're doing online. This is not about going viral. It's not about getting a million followers. This is about people that want to really hone in on the areas that we talked about on the show today. So all of the links will be down below for the Conviction Marketing Agency and how you can book a call. Secondarily, everything that we talked about in terms of focus and the sprint for this massive growth that we were able to get and that we're going to be continuing forward with we're teaching this methodology inside the Advanced Innovation Society, which is our high-powered networking community for business leaders that want to elevate above the noise, want to disrupt, collaborate, communicate, build peer groups, and associate with other big thinkers, movers and shakers, people that are out there getting it done. Um, Danielle, do you want to talk a little bit about maybe how they can connect with us or, or learn more about what we have going on with the advance? Yeah. So the Advanced it is an application-only
1: community. You do have to have a certain level of past experience and success to join. It's truly really a think tank model. There's a lot of networking communities out there. I actually did some research recently and they're super transactional and kind of slimy and gross. And I just was like, oh, this is not what I want to be at. Um, so this is really designed. We have in-person and online um components of the membership and it is designed to bring you in community with other thinkers with other people who are looking to disrupt and not be disrupted and really sharpen one another so if you're looking for a community that's going to challenge you that's going to help you think outside of your box then um this is a great place for you again there are requirements so the best way to do that is to go to the advancedsociety.com. And there's a membership tab at the top. You can go ahead and fill out an application. We'll reach out to you. We may go ahead and directly accept you. We might want to hop on a call and do like a quick interview with you, um, but you are able to apply directly on the site. And uh, we will be in touch with you after that to let you know what your next steps are.
0: Awesome. Thanks, Danielle. So we'll put all the links in the show notes down below as well. If you love today's episode and it kind of lit a little fire for you, make sure you to share it on social and tag Danielle and I. We would so appreciate that. Let's help get the word out to more entrepreneurs that want to win in 2023. So share it, tag us, get it out there in the world. And uh a review, you can leave a review if you haven't done. Leave a out. review if you haven't already. And um, we would love to hear from you all what are other topics that you would love us to come on and do a joint episode about. We love doing these sessions together and would love to hear from you. So you can message us directly on social with your requests and we'll come and create them for you. Have an awesome week. Thanks for tuning in. We'll see you back here soon. Bye.